The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, hour number two of first and 12. Welcome on in, Alex Curie, Mitch Harper. Mitch Harper still in the great state of Texas. I'm envious. Uh, although I'm not envious of the, of the travel day that you're going to have ahead of you, but you know, uh, it's, always, it's always fun to be down there in the Lone Star State. As an atmosphere, though, how did you like the stadium? Bevo was in attendance. Uh, Bevo's always in attendance in, the, in his little pen down there. I know you were talking about how the you know it's kind of an older stadium. It is. They just keep adding seats in there. Did they did they end up eclipsing that hundred thousand that they were looking forward to this weekend? They did, and they had one hundred one thousand fans in in the in the attendance, and that was nice. the third ever BYU game with more than a hundred thousand fans. So it was a big crowd, big showing of BYU fans. It, it was just kind of a, a, a weird game in the fact that. There wasn't much to get amped about. It never felt like the game was in doubt either. It was more Texas fans were kind of antsy with their team going, hey, punch it in on fourth and two. What's going on here? And BYU fans just didn't have much to really get pumped about. So – uh, but it was fun, though. It was just the history in that in that venue. Big Bertha, that drum is massive. Oh, yeah. It, it was a lot of fun to, to be the there. Seven, and, what was it, the 700th hosting of a game there at that stadium? Like, that's yes. a – this mm-hmm. is a Blue Blood program. 700 games that they're hosting at their own place. I mean, you think about how many games that they've played, one of the storied programs in college football. we got to jump in here. we got tons of stuff going on here on the program with your second arrow, of course. It's one of our set pieces that we love every week. We go through, we argue about it, we uh, we toss and turn over it every week. It is our Big 12 Power Rankings. Let's jump in right here. The Big 12 Power Rankings Big Board. A weekly rank of all 12 programs from the elite to the bottom dwellers. All right, Alex, I'm going to throw a curveball on this one because oh, we really? want to have the, the audience engaged on this throughout. I think we start at the bottom this week and work okay. our way up to one because I think there's more suspense at the top. Who's going to be number one this week with a little bit of movement there at the top potentially. So let's start at the bottom and we'll go with number like 14, it. Cincinnati. They lose to Oklahoma State 45-13. to 13. They remain winless in Big 12 play. Pretty self-explanatory, keeping the Bearcats at the bottom. We said the same thing last week, right? I mean, Coach Satterfield's got, uh, I mean, a lot to figure out. Uh, in his life, man, <laughs> like it's not just at this point. It's not just like your team. Then you start looking in the mirror, going, "Who am I? What do I do? Am I football? Am I football coach? Am I supposed to be doing this?" And when you're behind Houston now on a on a weekly basis, and we're now two weeks in a row that Cincinnati's been at the very very bottom of this thing, it's not a good place to be. But uh, but there you go, another bottom dweller, Houston at number thirteen. I mean. They are making a run to be the very, very worst because 41-0 to zero is about as bad as, as a – I mean, that's like Rice didn't even look that bad against Texas. Like, or, you know, I mean, th- this is this – is, these are the types of numbers you get in the very front end of the season. You don't lay an egg, an absolute zero burger in the Big 12 if you're Houston, man. Dana Holgerson, figure it out, brother. And the AAC, ex-AAC teams round out the bottom three. Number 12, UCF, who also, like Cincinnati – remains winless in league play after falling to West Virginia. 
Baylor, of course, uh, is at number 11. And, again, a lot of these bottom-dwelling teams, like they, they could switch around and be <laughs> worse than one another on any given week. So I guess there's that. But Baylor just cannot find its footing. And I know they're trying to figure out stuff on offense. You know, BYU's at least in that same category of, like, who are they on, on the offensive side of the football? But BYU certainly won a lot more games than Baylor has. I do want to say something about number 10 in this Texas Tech team. Now, they were on a bye uh, but I think that you almost make an argument that they could have shifted down this week after all the daggum noise about spitting and, and like, Joey McGuire calling another press conference, like, and everybody had a heyday with it. We played that old Seinfeld clip of the magic loogie from Keith Hernandez on uh, on Kramer and Newman, and I, I'm telling you, that's what it felt like. Why spend time on this? And then everybody went back and found about 50 clips of different Texas Tech players spitting on people over the years, and I think we kind of figured out what their team's about. So there you go. Yeah. Num- Bad look number for 10 Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. It was terrible. It was so dumb. And their university issued a statement on it saying, we've now handled the matter internally after Eddie Heckard came out and showed his film that he got right. spit on too. So not a good look at all. Speaking of Eddie Heckard, him and the BYU Cougars, they drop, but not much because those bottom teams are pretty bad. Number nine, BYU, moves down from eight last week to nine. It feels maybe a little high, but still, you got to give BYU credit. They've won two games, which has been tough for newcomers to pull off. Yeah, TCU is at uh, eight this week, and, you know, they just kind of sit there, and, and there they are, and they haven't – I mean, obviously, when they beat BYU uh, and then had such a bad outing last week against Kansas State – because BYU has such a poor showing on the offensive side, I think we ended up putting them back there at that nine spot, which is kind of where they've been, you know, at the beginning of the season, that nine ten spot. BYU's kind of finding themselves exactly where we thought they were. You know who hasn't, though, is West Virginia at number seven. I mean, Neil Brown and his guys, they go to they go to Orlando and get the win. I mean, it's this is going to be a heck of a game next week in Morgantown. At least you hope so, because they just seem to be getting better every week. I mean, they're up and down, certainly. But I was not anticipating them going in and hanging a 41 at Orlando on UCF this week. I mean, my goodness, they're 5-3. and three. They're a win away from being bowl eligible. Uh, you know, cool down the, uh, the Neil Brown talk about getting fired that we all heard at the beginning of the season. No question. And another team that's been a big surprise is at number six, Iowa State. Eli Sanders, he rushed for a nice performance, 14 carries, 90 yards. Cartavius Norton as well. He chipped in another 58 Iowa State is just continuing to play just sound football, complimentary football with both the passing game on the offense and defense. I mean, it's just kind of coming together. Matt Campbell has got to be really excited about the future of this program because they're the youngest team in the Big 12, and they're already you know, among the top teams this year contending for a Big 12 title. I mean, Iowa State controls their destiny to get to Arlington, so they sit at number six, but Man, they are trending up as we move forward down the stretch run. Yeah, and the only reason they're at six and not a little bit higher is because all the teams in front of them are all performing as well. By the way, to have that front end of the season weirdness with the gambling and, and all of that, you could have seen Iowa State just crumble and go, yeah, we're, we've got to figure our program out a little bit. No such thing. I mean, they're just they're winning games even with those distractions. Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, Congrats, man. I mean, we apologize. Mitch apologizes. We got after you at the, at the beginning you? of the year. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but listen, we got after Oklahoma State because you're sure. going, you expect, hey, man, we expect more out of out of Mike Gundy. But this is what we expect out of Mike Gundy, figuring things out. The team gets better as the year goes along, and they're going to get scary 
they're going to beat Oklahoma in that Bedlam series. You watch, Mitch, mm. and all you can hope is that maybe BYU uh, can can catch a, a an exhausted Oklahoma State team at the end of the year. Who? But the problem is, is they might be in the mix too. They might be end up in some sort of a weird tiebreaker and and in that conversation. And so they're going to need every one of those wins, including maybe putting one on BYU in Stillwater at the very end of the season. So Oklahoma State uh, is your number five team there. And then Kansas at four. We had a little back and forth about whether or not Kansas should be above Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State beat Kansas. But I think they earned their spot into that fourth uh, slot this week, Mitch, because of that win over Oklahoma. It's probably one of the better wins in the whole conference this entire year. No question. Number three, Kansas State. They are looking great right now. 41-0 win over Houston, playing their best football at the right time. Chris Kleiman, he was confident coming into the year at Big 12 Media Days that, you know, please sleep on us because we're going to be good again. It was kind of the vibes. And then you thought in the beginning of the year, you're like, oh, that might have been the, the wrong direction there, Kleiman. But For sure. don't don't doubt that guy out because 6-2, and 4-1, and one, and I still feel like, They've even got more to be had with the way that they're playing. Really good stuff from Kansas State. And this is where it gets interesting. Alex, who's going to be at one this week? Well, number one, it's the Texas Longhorns. They go to the top spot after defeating BYU 35-6. to That means Oklahoma slides to number two. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that's the right move there that we're pulling, pulling uh, that switch? I sent some strongly worded text messages about whether or not this should be the case, but I, I feel at peace now with it. Uh, yes, because Oklahoma did beat Texas. I mean, and they have the same exact record. They have the same exact conference record. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, just that immediate trending, what's going on right now, I mean, Texas is going to be ranked above Oklahoma this week, likely in – uh, you know, the college football yep. playoff rankings when those roll out. So uh, Oklahoma's going to have to do more, and and you're going to have to see – you're going to have to see something. I mean, you could really see Oklahoma lose two more games in conference play. That's yeah. not a wild thing to say because they've been so bad on defense. And, yeah, I look at it and I go, could you imagine a Kansas State, Iowa State – uh, a, a championship game in Arlington after <laughs> Brett Yormark, you know, yelling from the tops of the mountains saying, thank heavens we don't have to have Texas and Oklahoma in that thing. But, like, if you would have said, yeah, Iowa State, Kansas State in the in the uh, championship game, no way. But, I mean, they're, those guys are both on their way. Kansas State has scored 41 in the last two weeks. They went 41-0 this week. They went 41-3 to last week against TCU. Is this maybe the best team in the conference? We could end up putting them at the top of the list. Uh, well, all things said and done here. And also, too, as we wrap this up, I mean, Texas, they've scored 30-plus points in each of their first eight games. That's the first time in their history that they've ever done that. You think about all those Vince Young, Colt McCoy, yeah, major Applewhite offenses. They never did what this Texas offense is doing. Even though they got a backup in Malik Murphy, who looked at times shaky, but I still think that the talent around him is just top shelf. And they're, they're going to be a favorite the rest of the way. They're going to get to Arlington. Texas is not going down, whereas I think you're right, Alex. Oklahoma looks like those issues showed up again where they could go down a couple times, maybe, in November if they don't turn things around. I thought uh, it was really rude you left Chris Sims off that list of uh, Texas quarterbacks. How dare you? <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take the break here. We'll come back. We've got so much still to jump into. Uh, we've got our sound roundup for the week. Uh, we also have our, our, our whip around, of course, here regionally. Your uh, all the teams that are going to be heading into the Big 12 next week or uh, next week. Boy, I wish it was next week, uh, next year, and how they fared this week. So stay with us. It is 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. It is 102.7 FM at 11:60 AM. 
KSL News Radio. And this is First and 12, Mitch Harper, Alex Keery. Back for more next. Stay with us. Big 12 Sound Roundup. Check one, two. The best bites, cheap shots, and excuses from Saturday's postgame news conferences. Love this segment every single week here on First and 12, brought to you by Macy's Grocery Store. Happy shopping. Mitch Harper, Alex Carey, coming to you from Austin, Texas, side of DKR. Last time we're going to say that this was a Big 12 site. Next year they're going to be in the SEC, the the Texas Longhorns. And, you know, Alex, we'll start things off there with Steve Sarkeesian in his thoughts on the Longhorns taking down the Cougs 35 to 6. Okay, a little bit of a common theme, but but I do love that it's a common theme. Another really versatile team win. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just continuing to be proud of these guys that, that different aspects of the game show up. Um, we felt really good about the punt return unit that we would get an opportunity. And sure enough, right off the bat, um, we get the big punt return from Xavier uh, right up the middle for an explosive play that way. Um, that defensively, um, a, a really good kind of physical, hard-fought game, created three turnovers, a couple of really critical, you know, red area stops uh, that, that were big in the game. Um, you know, had the, had the kind of one explosive pass play there down the middle, uh, but for the most part played really sound, affected the quarterback, did a good job against the run. Uh, and I thought offensively, you know, for Malik making his first career start, I was really proud of him. Um, you know, I, we had opportunities there for the game to, to go in a, in a little better direction, a little smoother direction. Um, and, and naturally, we just didn't finish those drives in the red area. And so, you know, I'd be, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you there's a level of frustration as it pertains to that. Um, and, and we've got to, we got to continue to dig deep into that, into the things that we do well, uh, and how do we emphasize that to, to score more points when we have opportunities to. Um, but, but for Malik to come out and play the way that he did, uh, it's unfortunate he had a couple of those turnovers, which, you know, were quite frankly a little bit because we're a little out of rhythm. And I think we can clean some of that rhythm up uh, as he gets a little bit more comfortable um, as we move forward. Um, but again, you know, Jonathan Brooks showed up again tonight. A.D. Mitchell was a great weapon in the red area for us. Um, you know, J.T. made some really nice plays. And so there was a lot of, a lot of positives. But, but what I will say, we haven't played our best yet. And to me, that's a little bit exciting uh, to know that our best is still out there, uh, that we can play better. Um, I think it goes without saying we're going to need to play better. Um, but but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really proud of our guys on this one. Anytime you can come home and beat a 5-2 and two football team, you know, the, the way that we did and play the style of defense that we played, that, that's exciting. And, again, the, the team versatility showed up. Yeah, you know, they've got some challenges because, you know, I don't know how long. I mean, a, a strained AC joint, I mean, here's, here's me turning into an orthopedic surgeon here, Mitch, <laughs> like I like to do every week. But an AC separation on your throwing shoulder for Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy is not Quinn Ewers. He is not the commanding, you know, uh, guy on the field yet. Um, that, that Quinn Ewers is so – Texas is going to be – I mean, they're going to have other teams that have better offenses than BYU. It's just a guarantee the rest of the way. And can they respond, and can Malik Murphy not make the mistakes that he made today against BYU? Uh, I mean, you heard Sark reference that, right, where he's like, yeah, you know, we had some stuff where we could have just gone and we could have we could have blown this thing up and we could have scored a bunch more points. I mean, that's what he's essentially saying, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I look at that and go – uh, they they have a lot uh, in front of them. There's a lot of challenges there because Malik Murphy is, uh, you know, he's a talented dude. 
but he is young. He is very young, and I think that uh, I think you should be nervous for your Texas fan. And Sark is going, hey, we got some nice things going on here. They 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 have their own destiny in their own hands as well. They they're looking at college football playoff possibilities, and you cannot uh, fumble anything on the way to that. You got to win all the way out if that's going to be the case for them. Uh, okay, this one is uh, is of course. The loss from Oklahoma and Kansas, our game of the week uh, this week, and Brent Venables, of course, rolling out and uh, doing what good coaches do. First, congratulating the win from Kansas, but you can hear the disdain in his voice. So here's what he said about that loss against the uh, – and some of it was his fault, some of it was his players' fault. So there you go. Congratulations to Kansas. Uh, played a great game and a big win for them. Uh, incredibly disappointed. Made too many uh, mistakes today. I turned the ball over penalties timing of all of it was was uh, really poor and uh, and uh, really I uh, you know to me it all it falls on the fourth down should have called a timeout there and put our guys and let them get settled down and I, I did and so I blew it and I uh, really felt that it could have helped those guys in that situation but didn't play with discipline uh, was, you know same thing that uh, you know Two weeks in a row, different ways, but it all counts the same. It's discipline or lack thereof, and 11 penalties uh, for over 100 yards and uh, three turnovers, not taking care of the football. I uh, thought our guys played uh, uh, with effort. Don't think we always played real smart, and uh, you know, gave ourselves a chance to win late uh, with a couple of uh, turnovers forced. And uh, but again, I, I let our guys down on that. Uh, two-minute drill what is it with these coaches alex they just always sound so uh like why do you bother <laughs> with saying congratulations like you're just upset about it just say what you really feel maybe no. we just can't get that even better our own eric our producer he did something special again this week because we complained so much about good coaches congratulating one another uh he brought in posty with a texas flair because he's a he's a texas native and uh, let's get some real congratulations going on if we're going to do it. Let's do it. My mama calls, see you yes. on TV. Sunset, don't change. Ever since we was on, I dreamed it all. Ever since I was young, they said I won't be Here comes Venables up to the stage. Congratulations. Posty, <laughs> come back to you, please. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. You know. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Appreciate Eric's Eric. going to get hired by Yormark. You realize that now. No, I know. We're going to lose course. Eric to, no, your, to Yormark in the Big 12 offices. Way too soon. much. All you have to do is uh, you have to clown on Oklahoma a little bit with some remixes, <laughs> and then you're going to make it into the Big 12 offices, Eric. It's all good. <laughs> well, the tone of that, it's like a guy congratulating the other guy who married you know, the dude's ex-wife or something. Hey, just want to say congratulations. Uh, really great job. It's like, no, you don't feel that at all. Yeah, come on, man. So there you go. There's our sound roundup for the week. <laughs> Another classic in the books uh, from our producer, Eric. All right, we'll uh, take the break here. And, man, just every week, all these coaches sitting down and having to explain themselves, that's part of what we do here. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. As always, First and 12 brought to you by Macy's. The freshest fruits and vegetables, you can rely on Macy's uh, to bring you the best. You can have it delivered, you can uh, order it and pick it up online, or just do the regular shopping experience as well. Either way, they've got you covered. Macy's, happy shopping. All right, we'll take the break, we'll come back, and we will have 
our uh, our roundup, of course, not the roundup. It's our it's our whip around, Mitch. Let's get the whip around yes. of all these other teams here regionally, uh, and we're going to see what's going on. Our four corners whip around is next. Stay with us. The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is first and twelve right here, KSL News Radio, and also ninety-seven five the KSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Uh, we got tons of stuff still to get into, and uh, part of that is, of course, every week we jump into the teams who are going to be uh, gravitating over to the Big Twelve next season. And that, of course, includes so many of those uh, other teams that, of course, even we know here locally. It is our four corners whip around. Let's do it. The Four Corners Whip Around. Whip around. We check on future Big 12 opponents and rivals from the Four Corners. A lot to get to here in the Four Corners Whip Around and here locally in Salt Lake. I mean, I'm in Texas, but in Utah, <laughs> Salt Lake Valley, not too happy right now up on the hill as no. the Utes hosting college game day. They fall to Oregon 35-6 to and... Kyle Whittingham, he pretty put he puts it out there that this was not as close as it would indicate. I don't want to diminish what they did today at all because and the score wasn't indicative. The game was a mismatch. It was worse than what the score indicated. And so again, got to regroup, pick ourselves up, and and uh, get back on track. Yeah, that's a coach uh, going after you, and and you know that's that's just saying we got it wrong this week. We, you know, I don't know if it's a preparation thing. I, I heard a really dumb comment <laughs> after the game from somebody on Twitter, on X or whatever. I, you know, and they were like, as soon as Witt pulled up on his motorcycle to game day, I knew we had lost this game. Oh, <laughs> like I heard that and I went, I can't, I can't wait to, I can't wait to roll that out to Mitch on first and wow. twelve. I was like, no, you need that stuff. Yeah. Like it was, it was that whole situation was perfect running up to this thing. The only thing that sucked was the game. And Oregon is on a different level. Uh, and as we found out today, too, uh, or, or, uh, USC is not on the level we thought yes. they were on either. Uh, after protesters were removed from the field at Cal, uh, they were able to still go out there and get the win. It's like, oh, boy, could you do the most stereotypical Berkeley thing ever and pause the game for a, uh, for a protest? Uh, anyway, bottom line is uh, Utah gets the loss. When was the last time Utah and BYU both lost to a top-10 team with the same exact score? I mean, this is a weird day, right? Thirty-five-six. They both lose that game, and and yeah, well, like you were saying, I mean, it was it was thirty-five to six with like ten minutes left in the third quarter. They could have really kept going, and and, and uh, you know, they ended up uh, taking uh, taking Bo Nix out. And th- dude, that, it is that guy's conference right now, Mitch. Honestly, because Washington even kind of struggled against Stanford, but yeah, Utah's got some stuff to figure out, and so you got that. Hey, how about how about a W? How about a W for Kenny Dillingham and his guys? Arizona State getting the upset over the Wazoo Cougs, man. I'm proud. I'm glad because they've been getting close every week, and everybody has just put everybody's totally forgotten about ASU. And I'm glad that they got the W this week. Nice win for ASU because you kind of wonder what are they playing for? They have no bowl that they can get to. That's you know they probably weren't going to get there anyway. If they right. even if they had bowl eligibility in front of them, uh, but you know two and six now to get that win over Wazoo, who 
you know, at the beginning of the season, Wazoo was was flying high. I mean, they beat Wisconsin, and and they looked like a team that was going to be contending in the Pac-12. And maybe Washington State, you know, they could have maybe Jake Dickert's looking at the Michigan State job. Maybe sure. maybe they're distracted. Who knows? But for Arizona State in this moment in Tempe to get that win. That's a that's a nice win, and they did it with Trenton Bourget. I mean, a local kid going for 274. So, uh, you know, what does that lead to? I don't know, but it's just like a feel-good moment for the Sun Devils to actually get back on the winning side of things after some tough, close calls in recent weeks. Colorado becoming the Colorado that I think we sort of anticipated mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year uh, prior to the season. Now 4-4 four and four on the year are the Buffs after a 28-16 to 16 loss. UCLA is not a slouch of a team. You kind of forgot about them after. But they're the number one defense in the entire conference. That's above Utah. That's above Oregon. And I, I watched them in the flesh uh, take on uh, Utah. And it was, I mean, they are, that D-line is, is insane uh, for UCLA. And they ended up putting it on 28-16 uh, to 16 over, the, uh, over the Buffaloes. And, again, same thing, 28-16. to 16. It was a late added score at the very end, I think, for uh, for uh, Colorado to make it look even a little bit uh, closer. But, uh, yeah, Shadur Sanders, his worst game of the season, 27 for 43 for 217 yards. So, uh, yeah, it makes results, of course, across the across the uh, across the, the, the conference when it comes to those uh, teams coming in from the Pac-12. And Shadur's brother, Shiloh, he gets ejected for yeah. uh, for a targeting, which at first glance I kind of thought, is that actually targeting? But. Uh, it goes either way. Colorado's got to get two more wins to get the bowl eligibility in their remaining schedule. Oregon State at home, I'd probably say that's a loss. Arizona at home, I'd probably say that's a loss. Yep. And then at Washington State and at Utah to close things out. Uh, they got I don't know if they're going to find two more wins, Colorado, and I think that would be a big uh, step back from that strong 3-0 start that they had to open the season. So we'll see if Coach Prime can – turn it around and find a way to muster up two more wins to get to bowl eligibility. Let's uh, wrap up next. We've got uh, still our schedule ahead for the Big 12, and these weeks just get more and more intense. And as this conference has a bunch of people at the top, five folks tied at 4-1, and one, five teams at 4-1 and one in the Big 12 vying for a spot in Arlington for that championship. We'll talk about the schedule next. Let's get to it. It's 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. It's 102.7 FM, 11:60 AM, KSL News Radio. It is first and twelve. Stay with us. Can't get enough BYU football? Listen to Cougar Nation. Mitch Harper takes your calls Monday nights from six to seven on KSL News Radio. Podcast at kslnewsradio.com. Tomorrow night, six to seven. Blow up those phone lines. If you're angry as a BYU fan, sound off. I'm here for you. Matt <laughs> Matt Bymont will be in the studio getting you. Uh, ready for the week okay. ahead. I've got to. We'll, I've got to. I've got to tell on you a little bit, though, Mitch. Yeah. Eric, our producer, doesn't know this. Maybe Cougar Nation doesn't know this. Mitch used to call up and blow up the postgame shows when he was like a ten-year-old. He's getting after Lavelle. Hey, what happened on that play, Lavelle Edwards? Like, <laughs> remember those old school calls? Like when people people yes. calling and go, "Hey, coach." I, I think it was. <laughs> I honestly think that somebody had said. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, it, Cleon Wall was always taking the calls for me. Oh, he was my always gosh. saying, he's like, Mitch, we'll just put you through. There was hey. a portion where Greg Rubel at one point said, let's just call this the Mitch's Moment segment. Yep. Hey. And, and then we should have seen it and then. That's, and that's, uh, you know, rare. Hey, first because time, long time. First time, long time calling from uh, Salt Lake Rubel's City. not carving out space for, for just some 
random. So it was no, no, no. it was a call where he was appreciating it. And there was times where Greg even said, "Are you calling?" And I was like, "Well, Greg, I was just gonna let it be this week, but I'll 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 hit it up." No, the <laughs> other thing was is uh, like the we used to so taking those phone calls in the post game. We had a directive too. You also made the top of the list if you were an international caller. Yes. Hey, I'm uh, tuning in. I'm tuning in from the Philippines, and if Greg's like, "Get him on, get him on." We have some we have some folks that are tuning in to some Cougar fans across the world, and uh, so now it's just you know that's that's the way it was. But Mitch got his start uh, harassing people on the phone. It's only perfect now that on Cougar Nation, he and Matt Maiamonte are taking your calls. Light him up. Don't let him ha- don't let him take it off easy. I might even get done with my show tomorrow. JJ and Alex on 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 on. Uh, on on DKSL Sports Zone, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk downstairs and go. Hey, I need five minutes to go off on Mitch, or maybe I'll call in as just my as like the the Texan grandpa and just be like, y'all didn't even show up for this game. I just wanted to rub it in. Maybe I'll do that. I'll prank. That. I'm gonna prank Cougar Nation call from, tomorrow. This is uh this is a train call from Pflugerville. <laughs> it's Craig and Round Rock. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, too much, too much. Uh, just don't let Mitch and Matt get away with it. Just let them have it. Let BYU's <laughs> offensive uh, coordinator have it tomorrow. Might as well. Uh, yes, but you've got that. Uh, our show, we're going to be breaking it down, of course, all this week, and all the everybody on DKSL Sports Zone is going to be just scratching our heads trying to figure out Utah, BYU, uh, Utah State had a bye this week, but man, our teams locally. Uh, whew, this is when you lean heavy on the Jazz too, and go. How about those Jazz? Like that, <laughs> when you have a weekend like that. Oh my goodness! But uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, let's go through the schedule here, Mitch. Uh, let's start it off here. Your game of the week. It's an early one too. The very first game and the very first kickoff time of the week is the best game of the week here in the Big Twelve. Thursday night, uh, there's a game TCU at Texas Tech. That's definitely not the best one. No, so no, no, Spitgate no. can be put to rest. <laughs> at uh, Thursday night, TCU, Texas Tech. But, those teams hate playing those games on Thursday, by the way. I guarantee it. <laughs> but I'll the Saturday it. tilt that you're referring to, yes, Kansas State at Texas, 10 a.m., DKR. Man, this is going to be a must-see game. This is going to be just one heck of a football game. I think this is going to be one of those games where you just love watching the trench play and seeing the physicality that's going to be there. Because watching Texas yesterday – their defensive line is legit, Alex. And, you know, BYU's offensive line and stretches had success against them, keeping some better protection I think they're getting credit for. I know Kalani kind of put them on notice yesterday. But, I mean, but Texas's D-line is uh, – the talent is undeniable. To, to see them go up against the beef of K-State, sign me up. I'm ready to watch that matchup. That's going to be a heck of a football game. Uh, I'm going to call it right now. I think Texas loses that football game. Mm. Uh, I, I just think that when you're playing with a backup against a team that is, I mean, it has a really good offense. Um, I mean, Texas is not, I mean, you've, you've seen it. Texas has not been blown the doors off of people. And so I, and, and Sark made reference to it last hour. You can go back and listen and, and download the, the, the sound roundup. But I think that he's like, yeah, we've got a lot of good things kind of going for us, but Malik Murphy is still brand, brand new. Uh, they're going to be missing Quinn Ewers next week. They better have a really, really good game plan because Kansas State is rolling right now, and they're coming into to Austin. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, I think that uh, Chris Kleiman is one of those guys. Their head coach is just like, yeah, forget about us. Who cares? Just they're, they're the Utah of the of, mm-hmm. of their of the Big 12 where it's like, 
we'll be at the top of the standings and have people forget us because we're not Oklahoma and Texas. Who cares? Don't care. We're going to be better than you are. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen next week. That's just a little early prediction uh, for me when it comes to when it comes to that. Well, what do we have next? One thirty p.m. kick. Bedlam, the final edition in Stillwater. Oklahoma State six and two. Oklahoma seven and one. One thirty p.m. ABC. Another great game. The final edition of Stillwater as before mm. it gets laid to rest. <laughs> you love that. You love that old like beat report. I, where was that guy even from at Big Twelve Media Days? I don't like, know. The, it's the, almost like when those guys have that quote and they have, like, their reading glasses at the end of their nose, it, it's like they have a bass fishing hat on, too. Like, they don't even want to be there. <laughs> like, uh, uh, Bedlam's going to be laid to rest. So it's like, dude, it's not your grandma, but I get it. I get you have feelings for it. But, geez, you know what would be great is if just, again, the college football scheduling gods look down on us and go, we're going to bless you with this. Watch this game happen and then watch – Oregon, or watch Oklahoma State and, and Oklahoma end up both being like, you know, nine and three on the season, and they meet up in some weird bowl game that they just go, yeah, we're going to carve it out, make it happen, second bedlam of the season. We're going to force you guys to have it. I love that kind of stuff. It won't happen, but, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. What else we got? Houston at Baylor, also in 130. Please skip that one in favor of Bedlam. I would recommend <laughs> that. And then also UCF at Cincinnati, 1.30 p.m. in FS1. So the first, uh, you know, AAC teams, ex-AAC teams going squaring off uh, UCF and Cincinnati. Then the nightcap, we've got Kansas at Iowa State. That's a good game on ESPN. And then BYU goes two time zones to the Eastern time zone at West Virginia, Morgantown. Can you think of two different type of fan bases, Alex, BYU and West Virginia fans, 5 p.m. FS1. You'll have pregame on the zone at 4. I'll have extended pregame at noon on KSL News Radio. So we're loaded. (laughs) Good good luck on that extra pregame. I mean, (laughs) I I don't even know. I mean, at that point, we'll have broken down this BYU offense so much during this week. And tried to figure it out. Like we'll be scratching our heads trying to trying to figure this out. And who would have thought that this game would have been a real nerve wracking one for BYU to be able yeah. to get to bowl eligibility? And you know, uh, West Virginia is in the same boat. They can get to bowl eligibility this week, and they want it, and they want to do it on a national stage. They know that you get an extra little boost audience wise when BYU's in town. So why not? And they've had a heck of a season, and that's not an easy trip to make. Going from Texas, coming back to Provo yesterday, I'm assuming late for BYU, and then having to go back out on, I'm assuming, again, thir- they'll, they'll have to go out Thursday. That's kind of their usual deal on these uh, on these two time zone trips. But that's a lot of travel in two weeks, Mitch, but welcome to the Big 12. Should BYU fans expect some sort of free gift in their section like BYU gives to <laughs> opposing fans with ice cream, or is West Virginia – just uh, setting a couch on fire or something like that. <laughs> They're all, hey, everybody gets their own. I put a shot of moonshine on each one of those seats this week. <laughs> oh, have fun with the game. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to go full stereotype. Some of this right. is making some of this is making fun of uh, my old boss and your current boss, Kevin LaRue, the program director <laughs> at KSL News Radio, who is a uh, mountaineer. Go Mountaineers. And, you know, uh, you know, everybody has that guy they know that has one tooth, you know, in the very front, very <laughs> aggressive one tooth. And that's our that's our guy Kevin. Fan base, though. That's our guy Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, I'm sorry. Oh. It's just a little trash talk on a on a BYU and uh, West Virginia week. It's a great uh, show today, Alex. Nah, I had a ton of fun, dude. Uh, I just don't, you know, 
at the end, we have a lot of fun with this, but I think just we're kind of trying to drown our sorrows a little bit in in what could come for BYU because there's really a feeling like this could be uh, – I mean, they could really end this thing with with a 5-7 and seven season and not be bowl eligible. Yeah. And, uh, and certainly starting things off – being five and two, and then just ha- throwing your arms up and going, we don't even know what this offense is. It's just, it's a real bummer uh, for the Cougs. And so, I hope they get things right. I hope that uh, they find something. I hope they watch that tape and go, you know what? There are some little areas we're able to run this football and find some space for Aiden Robbins. And uh, don't know what the long term is is going to be for L.J. Martin, but uh, but that's the one that I'm you know I'm hoping that they they kind of figure out. Uh, that'll be no need to worry though, Alex, because. They're playing under the stars next week. It's nighttime. The vampires oh, are coming out. Okay, so guaranteed W. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. You there and you Matt Biamonte leaning on that one. They're all, write it down. Write it down. It's a night game. Does the game finishing at night, though? Does it start at night or does it end at night? Which one is it? It's like, gosh, you guys and your weird stats. But you know what? Can't You can't, you can't lie. I mean, look, that's what it is. I will say, though, we'll be in November by next week, right? Yeah, and that's actually a good thing for BYU. They have a, a a pretty good win. They have a losing record under Kalani Satake in October. They have a winning percentage yep. under Kalani Satake in uh, in November. So there you go. So hopefully, maybe that bodes well for them. They're getting into November. It's winning time for them. Mitch, fun show this week for Mitch Harper, our producer Eric. Uh, awesome time, Eric. Fantastic job as usual every week. We'll uh, we'll jump back out here. You can download the podcast wherever you find fine podcasts. In uh, any any platform that you have, we've got it for you here, and we'll keep bringing it to you every week. So for Mitch Harper and Eric, I'm Alex. We'll talk to you next week right here on First and Twelve.